Father God, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh God, I ask you right now, God, that you will move by your power, that you move by your anointing. Sweet Holy Spirit, come into this place. Oh God, I ask you right now, God, that you would come in and do what needs to be done. God, I pray that you would send the Holy Spirit before me like never before. Hide me behind the cross. Give me access and ability to minister third heaven that I may rightly divide the word of truth. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. If I was going to pick a topic today, it would be, what's the noise you are listening to? What is the noise that you are listening to? And I'm coming from out of 1 Kings, the 19th chapter. I'm going to start at verse 4, but I may start at verse 1. I'm going to be in 1 Peter 1 through 5, 1 Peter 4, 12 through 13, 1 Corinthians 10 through 13, and Psalm 61 and 2. What is the noise you are listening to? Let me break down the definition of noise. It says a sound, especially one that is is loud or unpleasant or that causes disturbance. A lot of times in life, we're listening to things in our ear. We're listening to a whole lot of noise. You, you got what's going on in the earth, and then you got what's going on in your heart, then you got what's going on in your home, and you got what's going on in the world and anything that's going on. There's a whole lot of noise that's being heard, but nobody's trying to hear what is really the noise and the sound that's coming from heaven in this hour. You need to understand something. It comes to this place in our life that we got to shut down the noise that's it. That's from the external and getting into a place that we understand what God is speaking on the inside. You got to turn down and shut off the TV. You got to turn and shut down all the Christian music because half of it is being played now. It's of the devil and all of these things that's going on. You got to get a song and a music in your heart. You got to come into the place that you understand what is going on. And you say, well, Pastor, why are you telling us to shut down Christian music? How do you know what these people are living like? How do you know what the beat is how do you know where it has been derived from there's a sound that's coming from heaven that the people of God are not ready to receive because there's too many noises going on around them and God is trying to speak a new sound a new thing what he's going to do he told Joel unless I reveal what I'm going to do unless I reveal it to the prophets or you one of the prophets that's happening in this hour we need to understand something that God is speaking he told Amos this help me Holy Ghost thank you he told Amos except I reveal to the prophets what I'm going to do. He told Joel that he was going to speak to the children. He was going to prophesy to the children. And you got to understand what is going on in this hour. Huh? And God said, if my church in this hour does not hear my voice, huh, I'm going to raise up, I told you a few weeks ago, children with fire in their mouth. Huh? He's going to raise up prophets. Huh? You got to stop and get it out of your mind that a prophet has got to be somebody over a certain age. Huh? God is going to raise up children with fire, and they're going to prophesy the sound in the earth because the people that's in the earth is not hearing the voice of God. God is going to raise up 
another set of people that's going to do what he's called them to do because the people in the church are listening to too many sounds that's in the earth and God said they're so busy running around scared they're so busy running around trying to understand what I'm saying they're too busy trying to run around and see what ABC is saying NBC they're trying to understand what is going on I don't care what Hollywood is doing I don't care what the president is doing what I care about what is heaven saying in this hour What's the noise you are listening to? First Kings 19 chapter. But before I go to this, I'm going to tell you something. You, God can use you to do a whole lot of things in this earth. And you may have not missed the move of God in times past. But don't mean that you rely on what you did yesterday to justify what you're doing now and not being obedient to the Lord. Elijah had done so many great things in God. And then he falls into a, a pity party. He falls into a depression. Because he's listening to what Jezebel is saying and her threats. Even though God is using him mightily, he still becomes afraid. And the power of God is with Elijah. But still yet, he allows Jezebel to whisper in his ears and to bring fear. 1 Kings the 19th chapter. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. He's talking about when um, on Mount Carmel, when God performed the great miracles. Because you got to remember something. Huh? In order for to have a Jezebel, you have to have an Ahab. In order to have an Ahab, you got to have a Jezebel spirit. You got to understand Jezebel can be a man or a woman. Just like an Ahab can be a man or a woman. Somebody's going to lead somebody. So you got to understand something. Ahab is scared, so he runs and tells Jezebel all that Elijah has done and all the prophets that he killed on Mount Carmel. And then guess what? Huh? Elijah, even before that, huh? Elijah shut up heaven for three days and three and a half years and said there'd be no do no rain except that my word. And you got to understand something. Elijah flowed heavily in the pathetic. He flowed heavily in the things of God. Huh? And he was a prophet of that hour. Huh? You got to understand something. In order to stay irrelevant, you got to continue to hear what God is speaking at this moment. Huh? What he spoke last week, huh? what he spoke 10 years ago, does not mean what he is speaking now. Huh? As a prophet of the most high God, huh? uh, as a man and woman of God that's in the church and that God is using, huh? I speak to you on today. It's time now to get back to the porch and the altar and cry and see what God is speaking from heaven. What's the noise you are listening to? And then God speaks and, and tells Elijah to go tell Ahab that there's going to be rain. And now God is moving. 
This man is powerful, but yet he falls into a place of depression. Anybody that really gets into depression or a pity party, they're listening to something in their ear. And so Jezebel threatens Elijah. Then Jezebel sent a message unto Elijah saying, so let the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life, it says, as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. She's sending threats. And Elijah is afraid. And you're probably saying, how can Elijah be afraid? And all that he's done, every now and then you do get down and out. But even in this state that Elijah is in, God is still providing miracles for him. And I want you to see how God is using him externally. Now he's doing something internally because Elijah needs to have an encounter with God. Sometimes as a man and woman of God and a prophet in this hour, you're doing so much externally that sometimes you forget who God is internally. Verse 4. Elijah desires to die. First Kings 19 and 4. It says, but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And it says, and he prayed that he might die and say, it is enough now, Lord. Take my life for I am no better than my father's. Listen to this. Look at the state of mind that he's in. Everybody needs a personal encounter with God. Sometimes you can lose yourself in the walk that you forget the purpose in which God already ordained you to do in this earth. One of the major things that's going to be prevalent in this hour for the men and women of God and for the people that God is using to fire for ministry is to stay focused to the revelant and things that is happening now. What happened in the past does not mean anything. It's what is God is speaking to you now. The gift and the operation that you have now is what is God is looking at now. And you have to be careful about the noise that you allow in your ear and your spirit. And what is happening now, everybody talks about Isaiah 26 and 20. You got to understand something. Shut yourself up for the day of indignation. Half the people turned on the TV. Nobody shut themselves off, put on sackcloth and ashes in a figure to speech. And went to fasting and prayer. No, they got more HBO, more Netflix. That's what they've been ministering. That's who they allowed to minister to them. Even in the midst of this confusion and this uprising, God is birthing something new in the earth. And the people of God have allowed the wrong things in their ears to entertain them. And just as show as Corona came, just as show God is moving even faster. And if you did not have yourself in the right place, you're not going to be able to play catch up. Because when God gets ready to move, nobody holds him back. Nobody. Because God moves in timing. He does not move in your comfort zone. He moves in timing. 
and timing is everything for the Lord. And God is raising up men and women that's going to not only speak to the the now moment, but he's raising them up to speak to the future. God is raising up prophets. You got to understand something. There's going to be an hour now that's going to be a cry for the prophets of, of old with the spirit of the anointing to come back. And they're going to be speaking not about your social security number, not about your bank account. He's going to be speaking to relevant things that's pertinent to your life that's going to cause you to either grow in Christ and if you don't grab a hold to it, you're going to miss Christ in this next move of God. Some of you are so in the place that you're so busy about your problem and what's going on in your house that you're going to allow these things to overshadow what the spirit of Christ is speaking to this hour. You need to understand something. You're trying to save what's around you but God said, I've got a multitude. you got to understand something when the disciples went out two by two he said if they don't receive you what shake the dust off your feet you're so busy trying to run behind something that don't even want Christ but God says I'm calling you to a people that's prepared and ready what noise are you listening to some things God heals as you go You got to understand something. The sons of thunder are coming back even stronger. These were men with the power and the presence of God in their life. That's why it's important for you to have the power of God. The presence of God and the hedge of protection of God. Verse 5. Then as they... It says, as he laid and slept under a broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, arise and eat. Then he looked, and there by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and laid down again. God is renewing him. I'm going to tell you something. As men and women of God, there's a virtue that goes out. There's something called virtue that goes out. And God is saying, now, Elijah, while you're sitting there trying to die, I know everything that you've done. I have not forgotten you. I've loved the angel to feed you. I've allowed the angel to take care of you and prepare you that you can get the strength that you need. You this ain't no time to be down and out. This is no time to be afraid of um of Jezebel because you got to understand something. Jezebel, we done already defeated her on Mount Camero. What you're seeing now is the residue of Jezebel. You got to understand something. Anytime you disarm an army, you need to understand this. He took down many thousands of false prophets of Baal. Jezebel was not as strong as she was. You need to understand something. Think about the United States. When they send 2,000 men out there and half of them come back, America is not as strong as it was. Hit my Holy Ghost. you got to understand something. It takes time and preparation to build up an army with experience. you got to understand something. What Elijah did on Mount Carmel was got rid of thousands of Baal experience worshipers and, and suit sales and magicians there on Mount Carmel. You got to understand what is really going on behind the scenes. Huh? You got to understand something. Huh? Elijah is down and out on himself, huh? but God is saying, I'm finna renew your strength. Huh? I'm sending an angel from heaven. Since I brought the miracle out on Mount Carmel, I'm gonna do something personal for you. Look and see what's going on here. Verse seven, it says, and the angel of the Lord came back the second time, good God Almighty, he's getting a miracle back to back. And touched him 
and said, do you understand? The angel spoke to him. You need to see what God is doing. Not only God is giving him food, but a God is allowing the angel to speak. And he tells him, arise and eat. God could have just set the food there and Elijah could have just went on. But he allowed the angel to touch him and tell him to rise and eat. It says, and drink, and he went, it says, in the strength of that food, 40 days and 40 nights, as far as herb, this is the mountain of God. When I was reading in my research, they said Moses and Elijah were the only people that was ever at this mountain. And when you go on the internet, it's a huge mountain. You got to understand something. When God spoke to Moses, he spoke to me, what, in the mountain? That was in the mountain of herb. It says, and there he went into a cave and spent the night in, the pl in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? You got to remember something. God always speaks above where you are. He always speaks in a higher place. So God says, you know what? I sent the food. I sent my angels to touch you and to cause you to be fed and ate and drank there. He said, but now I've come down and I've got to speak to you and I'm causing you to arise from your lonely place. I'm causing you to come up higher. I've got something else for you to do. And I'm asking you, Elijah, what are you doing here? All that I did in you, all that I poured in you, all the blessings and miracles that flow through your hands. Why are you sitting here in a self-pity party? My grace is sufficient for thee. And my strength is made perfect in thy weakness. Hey, my mama, my child. You need to see what God is saying. What are you doing here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord of hosts. Huh? It says, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, tore down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am I left, and they seek to take my life. Who is they? Talking about Jezebel. You got to understand something. Jezebel was a high-ranking witch. A high-ranking witch. And really, Ahab was just a warlock. Because they served false gods. Their powers came from another power other than the source of God. And a witch is a female and a warlock is a male. They operated in highly demonic powers. Ahab gotten away from the things of God. When you go back and search his bloodline, he married this wicked woman in this wicked family. That's the same thing that happened with David's wife. I mean, her, I mean, son. He married what them foreign women that God told him not to do. Because where do you see in the scripture that Ahab did anything to Elijah? He feared Elijah because he knew God. 
and Elijah is down on himself. And he feels like he's the only one. Have you ever been in a situation that you felt like you were the only one that was living righteous? You were the only one in this situation. And after all that God has called you to do and that you've done, but yet you still need a touch from God. Verse 11, then he said, go out and stand on, on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by and a great and strong wind tore. This is what God gave me. A strong wind. Strong winds of life keep on blowing in my life. You remember that song? Your thoughts. Your emotions, the problems. You need to see this. And in Romans 8 and 35. If you can go there. You got to remember about the strong winds. That blows in your life. It says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or perils or swords? What are you going to allow in your life to separate you? Are you going to allow the strong winds of life? But guess what? God is not in the strong winds of life. And you see that God is allowing these things to blow. Because he told Elijah, you got to understand something. You don't understand this. huh? God told him to get on the highest place was the mountain. Even though Elijah feels in his spirit, he's in the valley. It's not what you think. It's what God says you are. And it says, the wind tore into the mountain and broke the rocks in pieces before, it says, before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. Ah, get this revelation. You think the Lord is in the storms of your life. You thinking that these things are controlling you. But God has already put you in the high place. And he's showing you everything. That's why as a man and woman of God, as a prophet in this hour, God is going to show you what's before you. He prepares you for every storm and trial and tribulation. But it's not to get you down. If you're really in a place in God, God will warn you before the storm. Now whether you take heed or not, that's the mystery behind it. It says, and after the wind, an earthquake, but what? The Lord was not in the earthquake. And God gave me this about the earthquake. Things moving in, it says, in the earth. Your government, wars, taxes, laws of the land. What is the earthquake 
is happening now. Back in August, China had the biggest flood there was. Look at your government. Look at the presidential state. Look at the laws in the land that they're passing while you're at work. Look at your legislations. Look at your local government. But God is not in there. He's not in the earthquake. Things that's happening in the earth. Then he goes on. Verse 12, it says, it says, and after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. Let's talk about the fire. The fiery trials, your family, your job, your friends. Why are you worried about the wind, the earthquake, and the fiery trials? Why we're so consumed about this? Go with me to 1 Peter. 12 through 13. First Peter 4, 12 through 13. Beloved, do not think it's strange concerning the fiery trials which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. Why do you think that these things are happening? Some of us are so getting caught up in the fiery trials of life. Why do you think it's some strange thing that's happening to you? But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's suffering, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glorified with him exceedingly joy. Some of us can't go through no fiery trials. Some of us can't go through no earthquakes. Some of us can't go through no strong winds of life because we allow all of these things to be in our ears, to be in our head. We can't hear the voice of God. We need to understand that God moves in perfectness. He moves in soundness. The Bible tells you about being double-minded and unstable in all your ways, and you cannot obtain anything. What is anything, any revelation, any faith, any miracle-working power because you're double-minded, because you allow these three things in your life to overtake you, and God has forewarned you that the righteous shall suffer persecution. That's why you need a personal relationship 
with God. God can use you in many different ways. But if you don't have that personal encounter, it does not mean anything. Because when the fiery trials come, you can always stand on what God has already done to move forward and to stay focused in the revelation of what God is speaking in this hour. There's so many people are caught up into the what is happening in the earthquake, what is happening in fiery trials, what is happening in the strong winds of life, and therefore they are missing what the next move of God, which is going to be the greatest thing happening in the earth. What noise are you listening to? You need to understand this. Verse 12. It says, and after the fire, a still small voice. When God speaks, it quietens your spirit down. We think it is that God is in the noise in our lives. He uses that to get what our attention sometimes. But we're not to be caught up into what the earth is doing. What's happening around us. When God speaks, it's to quieten your spirit down so you can focus on the things that is happening that's very important. We need to understand how God speaks. And your spirit has to be in a place and in tune with the spirit of the living God that you can hear the, 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 small, the small voice that is happening on the inside of you. That's why it's good to shut off everything that's around you that you can so you can be able to hear what God is speaking, that you will be able to hear the voice of God in this hour. you got to understand something. You cannot allow nobody to attach themselves to you to bring you down. Huh? In order for you to go up higher to the next level, God is saying disconnect you yourself from the noise. Disconnect yourself from the strong winds. Disconnect yourself from the earthquake. Disconnect yourself from the fiery trials that is happening. Don't be consumed by it because I'm finna speak and I finish speaking to the still small voices of the people that's prepared in this hour. What noise are you listening to? Elijah got caught up into what Jezebel was saying. He got caught up into his life being threatened. But now God has given him his own personal visitation with him. Let's go down to verse 13. So it was when Elijah heard it that he wept. It says, what? It says, wept his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. And suddenly a voice came to him and said to him, Elijah, what are you doing here? Did you notice how the voice caused him to wept? 
and put his face in his mantle. When you know that the spirit of the living God is there. And Elijah said, even though I'm locked up in this cave, huh, I'm fearing for my life. Huh? He said, but God is still able to speak to me huh, and let me know that he's with me. Huh? He's here to comfort me. Huh? He's here to wipe my tears. Huh? He's here to let me know that he's with me, huh? that my work is not over yet. Huh? Elijah had so many thoughts going in his mind, huh? and he was so grateful that he heard God in the still small voices, huh? and he was on the mountaintop. Huh? He heard God, huh? and he saw God destroy the things in the mountain. Huh? He saw things in the earthquake. Huh? He saw the fire, huh? but yet God was not in there, and then God said, I'm not in all of these things that's happening in your personal life, Elijah. I'm right there in the still small voices, in the things that's speaking into your life that's prevalent. What you have to do, because God is finna speak to him and tell him to get up and do another job. You got to understand something. You're going to have to continue to fight the good fight of faith and lay hold to eternal life. Because later for you is a crown of righteousness that the Lord thy God has stirred up for thee. God spoke to him twice. Elijah, what are you doing here? How many times have God spoken to you? Were you able to hear the voice? Elijah was able to hear what God was saying. And I want to tell you something. Did you see this visitation is different, it's personal. It doesn't matter what he did on Mount Caramel. It doesn't matter when he told Ahab that it's going to be rain now. It was, that was external stuff. But it was the personal thing that touched him the most. That drew him back into the arms of Jesus Christ. And I want you to see this. He's having an experience, but it's different than what he did on the outside. A lot of times, we want God to be massive and explosive the way he used us on the outside. But it's how he's using us on the inside of us. Our relationship and, and personal encounter with God is differently. I want you to see that. Because why God didn't manifest and bring Elijah up and took his sword and says, strike the rock. Elijah, go out there on the mountaintop, pull out your, your mantle and tell the wind to blow into He didn't do that. He could have. But he wanted something personal. Up close with the Lord. And a lot of times when God speaks to us up close and personal because it's not roaring in our lives and it's peaceful and calm, we overlook it because we're thinking that God is in the strong winds. We think God is in the earthquake. We think God is in the fire. Oh, but God is in the still smallness. You need to see this. What noises are you listening to? Stop thinking your manifestation, that external is going to be the same as personal that God is having with you. Why would God need to use him like that to speak to the man of God? He speaks to him in a different language. He speaks to them in a different tone. You need to understand the personal relationship that Elijah had with God and God with Elijah. How in the world would you think that God would 
would not give his servant that done all of these things uh, except at my word. He, he said, God said, I trust you enough uh, that I allow you to speak. He said, except at my word. That's what he told Ezra. Ahab, there'll be no do, no rain. And God is letting Elijah know, I haven't forsaken you. I have not forgotten you, all the works that you've done. But I'm here for you, Elijah. I sent my angels to feed you, to restore your strength. Just imagine what kind of food, that spiritual food that the angels sent him from heaven that lasted him on a 40-day journey. Come on, y'all, that was some spiritual food. Good God Almighty. You're trying to make it off of McDonald's. You think Burger King and Chick-fil-A going to last. <laughs> oh, my God. But he had it from heaven. Please get this revelation. <laughs> the angel didn't have to go out and kill nothing. Bait nothing. It came straight from heaven. And it was enough to carry him on this journey. When you look it up, that desert out there where that mountain is, is, is like the biggest desert. That was a long journey that Elijah had to go through. After he done spent all his virtue and all of this, doing all of these great things for God, track his pattern. He's been a sure prophet. He's been a prophet on point. He's been a prophet ordained by God. God says, wait a minute. I'm not going to leave you out here to die. And I'm not going to let Jezebel kill you all. I got more work for you to do. What noise are you listening to? He gave him food. This was spiritual food. It was not so much what it did for the body, but what he did for his spirit. And God sat down and talked with him. Just imagine Elijah is in the cave at the mouth of the cave and God is sitting behind him and just waved his hand. The power of God was moving and Elijah put himself in his mantle and just cried. Good God Almighty. And God was behind him, backing him up inside the cave. God is sitting behind you, backing you up in your hour of thinking you're being trapped, isolated, alone. When nobody's there, nobody cares about you. And you done done all of this for the Lord. The Bible says no one that leaves houses and land that God does not repay. Look at this thing. You cannot let the fiery trials of life separate you. You cannot let these things get you down in life. The righteous shall have persecution. But you got to have faith in God to let you know that God is with you. He's the rewarder of them that diligently seek him and to do his will. Don't worry about the noise that's in your ear. 
Don't worry about what's happening in the earthquake. God ain't even in all of that. He's in what he's speaking to you in your heart. Let's go down to verse 15. First Kings 19 and 15. Then the Lord said to him, go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. Damascus and says, and when you arrive, anoint Hazel and says, as king over Sari. It says, also you shall anoint, it says, Juha, the son of Nishtar, as king over Israel. And Elijah, it says, Elijah, it says, the son of of Saphat, of Abel, it says, Molech, you shall anoint as prophet in your place. And it says, it shall be that whoever escapes the sword of Hazel, Juha, will kill, will kill. And whoever escapes from the sword of Jehu, Elijah will kill. Do you see God is still sending him on his journey? but preparing him for his successor. I want you to understand the work of God has to go on. It don't matter how you're feeling. After God speaks and, 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 and instructs you and, and strengthens you, guess what? You have to move on and do the work. And you see, God didn't linger. After God did what he had to do with Elijah, he gave him instructions. And he's saying, whoever Jehu let escape, you're going to have to kill. And Elijah knew he had to do what God called him to do. So God is always going to require us to work. He's always requiring a, a work. The mission of the Lord has to go on. It's not about popular opinion. It's not about your emotional state. But the work has to go on. And you have to understand what God is saying and what God is speaking in this hour. I pray that something's been said and done in Jesus' name. I pray, amen.